podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. We're called Whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. This is the final Whistleblowers of the season. Uh, I'm Martin Gritton, back for, for one last time. If uh, last week was the end of our end, end of term vibes, this week is definitely uh, on the beach uh, with three uh, people alongside me today. Three guests that have been on before, but we're delighted to get back because obviously it's like an end season star cast, isn't it? The first one, comedian co-host of Soccer AM, uh, Lloyd Griffith. Hello, thank you for having me. Great to have you. It's very, yeah. it's very summery vibe today, isn't it? It is. I think you've kind of might have bookended this. You might have been on the first one of the oh, season as well, perhaps. I think I think I was I was in charge of the first few ones. So. I'm still waiting for the check for that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep waiting, mate. You know, you know me. I'm good for it. Yeah. I don't. I think I think I've got the wrong address for you or something. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, my next guest, um, head of PR at Betway, but also recently, um, uh, p- perhaps which we'll touch on later on, um, uh, acting in uh, the Bromley Boys. Am I right there, Alan? Yes. Which sounds very exciting. We'll be looking forward to hearing it more. It has been. Yeah. So what's what's the status of that at the minute? We'll touch on it later, but. It- World premiere at Wembley Stadium next week, May the 24th, which is actually four days after Bromley playing the FA Trophy final. That wow. couldn't have been planned. Complete coincidence. That's beautiful. Over 17,000 Bromley fans there on the on the 20th. Not sure 17,000 will be in to see the premiere, but <laughs> we uh, we can hope. Well, there you go. And, and another man from there, perhaps not too far in terms of geographically, uh, football writer uh, and Man United fan, Sam Pilger. Good afternoon, evening. Evening, pleasure to have you here, Sam, you. as well. What have you been up to recently? Um, what have been up to recently? Did a, did a long feature on, put me on the spot there, did a long Sorry. feature on Kevin De Bruyne um, for uh, for Bleach Report last week. So yeah. sort of a long form feature, talking to a lot of his old teammates and what, nice happened, to- what happened at Chelsea and City and Wolfsburg and Werder Bremen and Genk and, Gen- and getting to know my Gents and my Genks. Yeah, you know, yeah, he played for both Ghent and Genk, right? So, uh, yeah, well, we must check That's that out. We'll, we'll, we'll link that. Look to out it. for that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to see Kevin getting some uh, column inches again after yeah. Mo. I think he, Mo yeah. absolutely. Uh, I know. I think saturation because I've written it over the last couple of months. I I voted for Kevin, but maybe I should have voted for for Mo. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, firstly, just like I say, we're back by the uh, back by Labricks. So, if you want to check out their latest offers and deals, go to the bet net, um, and you can check that link out on our social streams. Um, so, last weekend, the season uh, finally got it across the line. Lloyd, what was? Uh, did you catch any of the football this weekend, or is it kind of? Is it very much football fatigue at the minute? I would imagine. No, we had a little bit of football fatigue. Uh, final weekend of the Premier League. And also because Grimsby had played the week before, I'd, I'd kind of I'd finished my season as it were. So, but I watched I watched a, a few of the games on on Sunday, and it it was it was fine. Tepid. Um, it was tepid. I watched the Liverpool game um, particularly, and quite selfishly because uh, I played there last night. So I was just doing a bit of homework. Just, on the, on I literally the grass, had, yeah. a, had a stopwatch there to see how quickly, yeah, how quickly was it. <laughs> Would, did you? How many did you concede? Just out of interest. Oh, zero actually, Martin. Zero. Oh. Clean sheet. We'll, field, just, um, we'll just get a, a box that off now. So yeah. you, you can check all that out on Lloyd's, Lloyd's social streams. It was quite nice seeing you sat in that number one spot. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was quite bit, cool. It was a bit surreal. So I watched the game, but it, it was. Um, it was interesting because obviously the race for the Golden Boot was still a little bit alive, and the Tottenham game went absolutely uh, cray. So I'm just classic Tottenham end of season vibes. It was yeah, just like throwing everything at it, but also at the same time conceding everything at the same time. So I, I watched the Liverpool game live, and Liverpool have been the team for me that I've been impressed with the most. Obviously. You know, there's one man that has stole a lot of the uh, the headline for them, but I just think they're a nice team to watch. Energy, ex- there's a lot of energy, a lot exciting of energy to them, and uh, excited there in the Champions League. In, in Champions League final, there's a well. buzz about everything there they is. do. There and, is. Uh, I'll move on to uh, the obvious, uh, perhaps game for you with Wenger's last one away at Huddersfield is that a suitably is that a suitable <laughs> place to end that man's uh, reign uh, the Macalpine in, uh, in, the, in the pits or should I say across the M62 that man's probably uh, it's probably best to take it away from, from the Emirates after the week before 
Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the Emirates send-off was fantastic. Was you nice. couldn't, you know, you couldn't have written a better script for that one. And then you look at the Huddersfield game. Actually, when people looked to the fixtures at the start of the season, they probably wouldn't have thought that Wenger was going anyway. So you wouldn't see the significance of playing at Huddersfield. But obviously, that's where Herbert Chapman came from. Of so course, I love there's that. a bit of a link the there. Chant, and the chant as well. What yeah. was that? <laughs> uh, Chapman left you because because you're shit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> So, nice, 1930s th- football banter coming out there. Um, Brilliant. But really good. And, and the Arsenal fans stuck around at the end of the game. And after Huddersfield finished, the players finished their lap of honour. Wenger came out and saw the away fans again and uh, said a suitable goodbye. And that's it. Yeah. It's over. That's it. It's done. And we now wait to see who's coming in. And what, well, this is it. I mean, and another part of your profession, knowing perhaps the inside scoop on that or seeing how the market is, what's been the kind of. What's, what's been the developments? Yeah, well, the market itself, having had sort of nearly 20 years' experience in betting, it looked a market where nobody knew what was going on very early on, which meant that, obviously, either Arsenal were keeping their cards close to their chest and there were no leaks from the club, which you'd expect from a big organisation like them with sort of uh, the, the way that they work, or that Arsenal hadn't made a decision... And there was no real sort of live money in the market. Then over the last week or so, we've seen certain people go to favouritism in the market and then drop away. Enrique did it. Allegri did it. Uh, I understand that that those two went favourites because Arsenal did have them as choices and then went to them and they wanted either too much money for themselves or too much money for the transfer kitty Mm. or both and were told that that it didn't exist. So now... After Allegri's uh, comments at the weekend and uh, the fact that lots of other people have actually got jobs now, Joachim Lowe has signed on for, uh, for Germany for another few years, regardless of what happens at the World Cup. Uh, Tuchel has gone to PSG. Yep. So all the other candidates have fallen by the wayside. And this morning, Mike, uh, Mikel Arteta emerged as a very, very clear favourite. So he was favourite last night around 7-4, to four, but now he's gone odds on. And, um, I mean, at Betway, we've suspended the betting. He is a very short price favourite with everybody else. And it does look now like they've settled on what could be a third or fourth choice that just was a backup maybe yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm not entirely sure of that and maybe it was part of a wider plan and maybe they didn't um, genuinely go for those other big name candidates do we know if Fenger was the first choice when he was first appointed he was absolutely was um, the club got rid of Bruce Rioch in the summer of 96 and very quickly signed two players that were actually recommended by Wenger right, okay. uh Patrick Vieira and Remy Gard. No one seems to remember Remy Gard, but obviously he came back yeah. and managed at Aston Villa. But uh, he signed them before he got out of his contract at Grand Passate. He, he was a guy that was very respectful of Grand Passate giving him a job and obviously earning lots of money in Japan. And he said to Arsenal, look, I do want to come and manage you, but I'm not going to be around until about September, October time. So sign these two players, put the assistant manager in charge, and I'll come as soon as I did. Wow. And he was a man of his word. So that job wasn't actually up for grabs yeah. as such. It was already uh, already sorted. Well, that's, I mean, to be honest, it's drawing a line under Arsenal can sort of their business now because they've still got the time to do that. But in terms of no games going on, Sam, want to bring you in here because uh, obviously a man who still has technically skin in the game this season and with the way the United have been the last couple of weeks what are you what are your thoughts around the FA Cup final it's funny I, th- I mean hearing Lloyd talk about Liverpool there's a buzz about them and obviously being in the Champions League final but even if they weren't there's a buzz about them with Salah mm. and yet United have finished higher than them comfortably higher than them yeah. in second and there's no buzz at all it's, it's flat as anything it is flat it's weird I mean, isn't it and for the last month Games have just been meaningless, you know, yeah. Watford, West Ham away, Brighton away, and um, they're just plodding along. And, it, and it's strange because they're not really threatened for second, even though, you know, Tottenham and Liverpool have got more sort of cheerleaders and more interest around them, seen as more attractive. But United have sewn up second quite easily. Yeah. But yeah, it's flat. It's just awfully flat. I mean, you know, Sunday was more like a testimonial for Michael Carrick because yeah, he was retiring. Yeah. Um, you know, West Ham was arguably one of the worst games ever in Brighton they turned up so um, so yes it's been a strange um, uh, run up to the cup final and um, yeah it, it, it is strange it's cup final week because sadly that is the demise of the FA Cup because it really you is, know, isn't it? 
um, uh, it just does. It just doesn't feel the same, you know. And I'm, yeah. you know, I'm. I went to my first cup final when I was eleven in the nineteen eighty five Whiteside curling one in to win it. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. there, there's nothing like that. And I'm so grateful I grew up with the FA Cup like that because it, it, it really is it. It isn't the same. It will mean something, you know, if we win and, and beat Chelsea on on Saturday because to finish with a trophy will be great. But yeah, the build up is not quite the same. Well, the, Con- the Conte Mourinho thing is perhaps the only thing that could have given it a real spark, and neither of them had seem up for the fight. It's proper two guys that are just, you know, I'm sure they both want to win it and they want to prove certain mm. people wrong for certain reasons. But that's a, it's a dire state of affairs with both of them, isn't it? Well, I mean, Van Gaal won the FA Cup and then was sacked. So that's yeah. the, that's the, that's the, the value legacy. of the FA Cup now. <laughs> you know, yeah. a generation earlier, Ferguson won the FA Cup and that saved his career at United and, and, and uh, you know, what he went on to achieve. But Van Gaal was literally... I remember I, I was at Wembley when United beat Palace. I remember he, he, he came up on the screening and he was booed, which was just ridiculous after United mm. won the FA it's Cup. Absurd, isn't it? He was booed. And, you know, within half an hour, it started filtering through that you know he was on his way and he, he was he was being he was being sacked but um yeah i mean to finish you know it, it is a strange one because Mourinho would have won three trophies if he wins league cup europa league and, and fa yeah. cup by um in two in seasons, two seasons. Not- which is not bad going no. and yet it's just it's just flat and you know of course in city's shadow even in liverpool's to the extent because they're in the champions league final and yeah it's it, strange strange times Oh, the FA Cup, what it meant for Arsene basically keeping his job. Yeah. It was a kind of a counterpoint to that, wasn't it? It was the one thing that he could hang his hat on and say, this is the reason not to, to bend me. I yeah, mean, we're still winning trophies. I mean, a lot of people tried to switch it and say, this is your reason to get out. You know, you've, you've ended on a high. It's not, you're not going to reach a high of a Premier League title again, so you might as well see this as a way out. But he didn't do that from the whole final in 2013, then obviously uh, beating Villa in 2014, and, and coming back and doing it uh, again against Chelsea last year. When, I mean, really, most people were saying, well, they've got to be underdogs now because of the fact that the path to the final was very easy last year. But actually, in the previous two, they went behind against Hull. They needed penalties to overcome Wigan that first year. I mean, he was he was almost uh, a penalty shootout away from losing an FA Cup semi-final against Wigan mm. at a time when his, his stock was quite low. Before the ridiculous banners and planes flying around, people were thinking that he was on his way out of Arsenal mm. and he probably... He probably would have gone if they'd have lost that penalty shootout. They needed extra time to beat Reading the year after that. So when they were winning FA Cups, it was an indication of quality of the squad because actually they were beating teams that were either on their way to the championship or had been in the championship anyway. Um, But doing it last year, obviously they did it the easy way first off and then they got to Wembley and beat City and Chelsea. So there is a value in the FA Cup, but it doesn't tell you the value of your squad because that's judged over a league season as you've said Sam yeah it's a good point and you've got um, essentially the I love the way we were talking about Wigan Wigan coming up in the conversation many times and how the great FA Cup that that they've had this year and what it means to lower teams in it I mean the fact that that perhaps the only thing to grasp onto when you're a a lower league team is those sort of cup runs I think so but it's like I think the FA Cup would have had more spark about it had there been a lower even if you had like Huddersfield in there or you know, Burnley, then it would have been a bit more of a, a cup final to talk about. But my thing really is, um, I don't think I'll get a stick for this, but I think I think football fans are spoiled. Do you know I mean, I think the majority of football fans are spoiled. You know, the the fact that you've seen so many Arsenal fans, and this isn't, you know, a dig at, uh, at Alan, but you are obviously very, very kind of like Wenger out. I've got a lot of friends that are Wenger out, Jack's Wenger out. I mean, you know, it's the fact that, you know, going, well, but you're still winning silverware. What happened to those years where a football team could be shit for 10 years? And it just, that's what happened. Do you know what I mean? You read Nick uh, Hornby's fever pitch. But it's Arsenal. Arsenal were all, yeah, yeah, but Arsenal but were bad for a long, long but time. But even, even when we were bad, and, and people always say, well, look, you could be the 80s, late 70s. Yeah. 80s Arsenal but I, I, I was on an Arsenal podcast last night and, and actually we had six finals in the period of time that I was being challenged on in the late 70s early 80s we had six, six finals 
again, back then, you didn't tend to judge a team on, on its league position, which, which, which was bizarre. Yeah. I remember being a kid and thinking that the team that won the FA Cup was the better team than the team that won the league. Yeah, you know, like, I agree with you, yeah. <laughs> well, that was the magic, wasn't that? it? Yeah, Winning the, the league seemed a bit boring. Yeah. You know, but, but, you didn't get your day out. You just, yeah. you know, week after week. Yeah. <laughs> you, you look at the, the other teams that would say, perhaps better the devil you know, the way that West Brom and Stoke kind of got rid of guys that were, were there, you know, but were Pulis and uh, Hughes. Yeah, Hughes. So those are managers that knew how to keep them up and how to do a decent job with them. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, or however however you like look at it, football fans want the drama. They don't want that kind of, they don't want the week in, week out. Or perhaps they don't realise how good yeah. they've got it. Well, uh, Sam Allardyce is on his way out of Everton and... I mean, effectively, Why? the only team—the only team that's really outperformed them in terms of uh, resource and everything else—is Burnley, and that's just a bit of a freak and a bit of a su- surprise. Moyes, so, so Moyes within as that, well. Yeah, within that. Um, I mean, what do they want? What do they really think <laughs> is the uh, right rightful place for Everton to be in? But, in the, in but, the, I, but the, I think. Leicester have spoilt this for everyone because they've obviously done it. But the thing is, you know, you take away Burnley and it's like Everton fans don't want Sam Allardyce because he plays quite boring defensive football. Mm. And you kind of go, fair enough. Who do you want? Oh, they want Diego Simeone going, well, he plays quite defensive football anyway. Mm. So I I just think that even when you get to someone like Everton, I'd love to support a bloody team like Everton. Do you know what I mean? Like, we were battling against Morecambe and Forest Green to see who, you know, and, and just. Massive clubs, mate. Don't you ever. <laughs> you're talking to the wrong man. You didn't play for those. You played for Chesterfield. Listen, I, I respect those football clubs. But I, I just think that, mo- you know, even in, in the top flight, you know, top half of the table, it's just, you know, Man United fans annoyed that they finished second and they're in a cup final. You know, because they have the riches that you can spend £200 million in a transfer window and not blow it away. It's just, but it, you know, but is it, it's interesting, though, because with the advent of social media, when you talk about the fans, who are you talking about, really? Because is it, is it, is it, um, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm lucky and I, I feel sated in a way as a fan. I grew up in the late 70s, 80s, where I remember skipping around my living room because a win on the final day meant we finished 11th. And that was amazing. We're in the top yeah. half. <laughs> Brilliant. You know, we finished 11th, 13th, 11th. So I remember that. And everything that's come since is is amazing. But in terms of fans, is that social media? People don't go yeah. to grounds, I think don't go to games. You're touching, no, on, and, touching and, on a you great know. point there, Sam, because... I mean, people. I mean, Arsenal fans have had a lot of stick because it, they're socially more represented than than anyone at the moment because of the Arsenal fan TV. And I'll get in a cab and someone say Arsenal fan, and then they'll start talking about opinions that they've seen and putting them course, as a yeah. wider. That's what all Arsenal fans think. When obviously, as you say, I mean, you're talking about a fan base of millions. Even if you you work out the the ones that sort of occasionally come to matches, you're still talking in, into millions. So, so ones yeah, that tough, yeah. ones that are screaming the loudest, getting the the lion's share, or, or being yeah. being representative of that yeah. club. Look at let's touch on some of those because there's been some interesting ones. I mean, uh, the jobs that have been done this season. I don't really want to go into kind of season review, but the, the clubs that perhaps need mention. I mean, Newcastle finishing. A high yeah. with Benitez. I mean, there's a guy that you know has quietly gone about his business up there. I mean, everyone seems to go about their business quietly in, in Newcastle because even if you've got players that deserve to be in the England team or whatever, you are out in a limb, you know. And yeah. and he, it seems to have been a great fit for him. But also, he's done. He's not just gone about his business. He's done good business, you know. And he's not. He didn't come into the Premier League and go right. I'm going to spend X amount of pounds. He's done it gradually over time. Brought in people that have have done a job and not he's massive made massive better. names. Yeah. He's made which players is, better. I, and I, um, is, I think. I, I, commendable thing in the morning I, but I, I, I uh, have another po- I have a podcast that, um, if you like football then have a listen to it it's called the number one podcast it's a goalkeeping podcast I do it with David Priest yep. uh, your friend of mine uh, you played with him at Lincoln didn't you no I know him from there but I think he was at Barnsley when I Barnes, played against yeah. him but yeah but we're it's, it's a lovely, but anyway he, he was saying that um, Rafa Benitez always likes to have a goalkeeper like his own goalkeeper not one that he's inherited he like have his own kind of like and Pepe Reina was that, that goalkeeper at Liverpool and he's brought in Dubravka who has had an insane season yeah. brought in a debut against Man United and was like oh god this is going to be the story of De Gea and it was a story of the other half do you know what I mean he was, uh, he, he was an incredible goalkeeper and he's done good bits of business and he's brought in decent players and they just seem to be having because like, it did look a bit, a bit onshore at the start of the season but he's kind of like you know they've, they've strengthened I think Newcastle fans going back to this kind of like I think they'd be happy with that 
First season back in the Premier League, decent position. Well, he steadied the ship. And energy, there's energy when there's you watch him play. I think they're more than yeah. happy with that. I yeah, mean, no, I, you, I, I what agree. a way to go out as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And Chelsea. he's had a couple of dark, I mean, first half of the season, that was a tough, he had a couple of tough games mm. there, didn't he? You had to look at himself. They've not got gubbed, though, have they? I think I think United maybe gave them their biggest beating. I don't know, but I'm not going to test you against I'm sorry. We lost but, it to James's part. Yeah, so. But the game, I can't remember what the heaviest defeat is, but it ain't more than a couple of goals. No. They never got a, a pummeling that you that you saw yeah, Stoke got pummeled regularly mm. you know Swansea looked a beaten yeah. team Southampton looked dead and buried many times West Brom the steel that Darren Moore brought mm. to them but certainly uh, you know and that's so just to push on that as yeah. well Darren Moore not getting the job definitely is that's insane absurd, isn't it? when you look at yeah. if when he took over if yeah. you look at the points of when he took over you're oh, going it's incredible what's yeah. going on obviously give him the job I mean, if he's doing it Man- manager of the month and relegated on the same oh, day it's ridiculous and it's even incredible. with him getting the, you know this kind of vote of confidence saying we'll find somewhere for him at the club if he doesn't get the job managers don't want oh, that yeah. you do not want to you don't want to go well, and say I think I think there'll be I'm not sure if it was a you know just because of the fact that he was West Brom but you kind of think well if another club is looking at them going I just just get Get him in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He'll, he'll do a job. Well, Roy Hodgson as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to yeah. mention that. I think, I mean, I live in, I, I live in South London and, and uh, the job he's done uh, down there is absolutely incredible because he came, well, actually, Jose Mourinho said, oh, De Boer was the worst manager ever, seven wins, uh, seven defeats. But actually, Palace sacked him quickly after four defeats. Roy Hodgson came in, lost his first one to Southampton, and then he had. Then he was in Manchester for a week, City oh, away, yeah, United away. Awesome, they got absolutely spanked, four five yeah, nil. Yeah. And so then he started with seven games, seven defeats, no goals. And I remember thinking, talking to Palace fans, I think you know these strange things happen. You might stay up, you might be all right. Yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. well, all and they the analyt- all the all the yeah. analytics data was actually saying they were playing well in matches. Mm. So a lot of people yeah. were saying that it was actually the wrong decision to get rid of the yes. ball. Yes, yeah, yeah, because yeah. The, but, but, all the, the guys that crunch numbers were saying, well, they're having good shots on goal. They're having actual good attacks. So it's, maybe it will turn for them. It was basically that going to the analytics that you've mentioned. Had you had someone else instead of Benteke up front? Mm. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, I mean, Benteke is... Palace have stayed up comfortably, you know, 11th joint with Newcastle, um, without a striker scoring a goal with their feet from open play. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, There you go. That, that's a bit boring, though. But <laughs> you had, you missed a few sitters and you had... You uh, penalty, had um, bad penalty as well, wasn't it? I mean, I mean he, I, must have, I he must have cost I, them Even a, I think I'd better see you had... Um, <laughs> they got three strikers. One who hasn't played a game, and I saw him in my gym today. Who's that? Connor Wickham. Yeah. Um... Sorloff, they brought in on Janu- in January, yep. hasn't scored a goal. Benteke scored two headers and a penalty. And so they haven't like- had a player, they haven't had a striker score a goal with his feet, and yet they've and finished mid table. Feet like Toblerones, that man. <laughs> um, all right, listen, we'll come after the break because uh, we'll come after the break and speak about more about individual players because I want to have a look at the uh, the boys that scored the goals uh, for the teams we've discussed. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back. Uh, let's take a look at the, well, most of our running away with it, but the guys behind him that have gone about their business. I know Firmino, is, a lot of people have talked about him developing into one of the top strikers. We've got, um, obviously, uh, Harry Kane, who is, even when people were kind of mocking him, doesn't, does enough to get Tottenham across the line and get them into the Champions League. So, um how have you felt, Sam, in terms of Lukaku's performance and, and, and well, especially Mourinho's comments recently about, you know, um, relying on him and Rashford and Martial maybe not stepping up to the plate? How have you, how have you viewed their seasons? Um, I think Lukaku's had a, a good, good, strong season. I think overall, was it 25, 26 goals? You, you know, can't knock that. Um, I'm, I'm worried... Uh, that uh, Anthony Martial looks to be possibly on the way out, which I think, I mean, I've got into this on social media, would, would rank up there with Mourinho, with Salah and De Bruyne. Yeah, I agree. I totally and agree. Yep. I just think, you know, just patience, really. I, I had, like, this is his third season at United and he's scored uh, 11 goals in... 18 games which is a better record than Ronaldo in his third season at yeah that's United, uh, did you, know? you tweet was that yeah. one of years I think yeah. I remember that was a belter because that's the thing there's, where's the development where's the yeah. but he's not played he's not played more than three or four games back to back has well, he really? it was, it's, it's, it's Sanchez has really done that it's been really that's that's thrown it all out and Sanchez was a real greedy like oh we can get him let's have him and yeah. I don't think any United fan disagree with that he's a fantastic player and it was like oh 
he wants to come to us. And there was a bit of pride, like, oh, he's turning down City yeah, yeah. for United. Oh, that's nice. You know, when we were a bit in the doldrums. And, and, uh, but the problem is it really has um, done damage to Rashford and, and, and Martial. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I fear that Jose might lose a bit of patience and boot, especially Martial. Rashford, as the homegrown kid, will... We're giving a bit more time, but yeah, we'll see. Well, um, I'll, with uh, looking at slightly further down the top scorers list, Lacazette being your top scorer with 14 league goals, I mean, it's been a transitioning period, isn't it? You get rid of Giroud in January, but you don't yeah. really replace him. You don't have goals coming from places where you would hope them to come from, say, bursting midfielders or people cutting in. I mean, how, have you, uh, how do you view it for next season? No, I mean, we lost uh, Walcott, who always contributes goals, whatever you say about yeah. him, and I've said a you lot about him. You really did say a lot about him. And that's the nicest <laughs> um, thing you've said about yeah. him, so maybe... <laughs> uh, not so much Oxlade Chamberlain, who uh, yeah. is unfortunately injured. <laughs> No, I do genuinely mean that. Uh, that's the nicest thing I've said about him as well. Um, Lacazette was playing well at the start of the season. He was getting into good positions. His hold-up play was really good. He just wasn't scoring goals at the kind of rate you want someone to be scoring for a team that are aiming to finish in the top six or the top four for the Champions League. And in fact, Arsenal uh, took the longest they've taken since 1984 to get a player to 10 goals in the league oh this season it was just who is after it? Who is January that, that is was Lacazette just as he edged past the 10 goals but that was way after the, the new year uh, do, you know, I, do you know that was in 84 I don't no someone <laughs> did tweet me with it and I don't remember the name oh, I, I don't that, remember the name have been, but yeah. no uh, yeah, Lee, I, Lee Chapman maybe no, yeah that's Chapman no, uh, pretty dreadful affair but anyway so I want to talk about someone that didn't join Arsenal though because he's in there with 20 goals this season and didn't sign for Arsenal because they wouldn't even match his wages at Leicester and that's Jamie Vardy who has had another fantastic season in fact the only little down period he's had in the last three seasons in the Premier League is when all that stuff was going on with Ranieri if you take those 12 matches out where the Leicester players had obviously down tools and he probably wasn't getting the service yep. and, and to be fair he might have been a bit on strike himself if you take those 12 matches out he's got a phenomenal strike rate and he's extended it this season against some of the best teams in the league including two goals at the weekend I know it was a bit of a gung-ho game at the weekend but people seem no. to be ignoring it and I, I tell you what he deserves to play as many minutes as Harry Kane if not in tandem with him yeah, yeah. World I, Cup. and uh, just coming on to that the fact that he would score those goals in any team. It's not like he Absolutely. is. He's not. A, he's not a jigsaw piece yeah, that, right. that is finishing Leicester off. I can't. I'm you know amazed that no one's taking a punt <laughs> on him because I mean like I remember I was at Stockport and Didier Man said I oh, would put a bid in for his Halifax strike. I was like who's that? Yeah. He's going Jamie Vardy. He's, he's nippy. He gets gets on the end of things. Putting a fifty grand bid in typical <laughs> kind of. The shithousery fashion yeah. from Stockport. It was like, oh, who, um, who's who are we up against? Fleetwood. He's not moving to Fleetwood. It's miles away. It's just uh, sh- yeah. shittle. Um, well, I he moved to he moved to Fleetwood <laughs> and the rest is history. And he might have saved my career. Imagine just being able to flick a few balls onto him. Well, I, I tried have, to wreck. He'd have made me look good by proxy. I, tr- I tried to wreck your career because I was the one who tipped him to Diddy ah, that you? summer. That oh, summer. Listen, we're so going to take this offline. But Diddy, uh, came, <laughs> Diddy came to do the draw for the uh, my previous company's uh, Stewards Cup sponsorship at oh, Goodwood, wow. and he was there with me. And it was about the third, fourth of August, something like that, because it's oh, early. Just August when you were doing. Yeah, yeah, he was in Blue Square, yeah, by uh, the pitch. We used to kick a ball in. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said to me, um, who would you take a punt on from the lower divisions? Oh, my so God. So I said, him. you. But, I- but, an even better one than that, and this going to uh, Lloyd's current employers, uh, Sky Sports come to cover non-league day that season, just as he'd just gone to Fleetwood. And they were talking about non-league day and all the games, and we'd arranged a, a ground hop between all the Essex grounds. And it got to a, a like maybe their third question that was written down on the paper, and the presenter obviously just comes up with a fourth question. You always get asked in non-league, give us a player that will make it out of non-league into yeah. um, you know the bigger divisions. And I, I then went on a sort of minute talk about how Vardy would do it, and he'd probably play for England. Wow. And... Nobody can find the tape anywhere. <laughs> Funny that. I've even given... No, no, no. It no, does just... <laughs> exist. It absolutely does exist. I, I do believe but, you. Um, 
I was talking to uh, Mickey Mellon last week, who was the yeah, manager who signed him yeah, at yeah, yeah. Fleetwood. Yeah. I was with him at Chester Races last week and then uh, at Wembley with him on Saturday yeah. when Tramir won promotion. And he actually said that he had to convince Andy Pilly, the Fleetwood chairman, to purchase Vardy, even though his stats from Halifax were incredible. And the first two games he played, uh, Mickey Mellon got called into Andy Pilly's office and said, I can't believe you signed him. He's absolutely rubbish. I don't, I, Who was he playing out front for the time? Because he's playing out front with a really good striker. Another really talented lad. Uh, he's playing up with uh, Magno Vieira. No, there was another There was another lad up front with Fleetwood. When they got into the league... Seddon. No, another one. There was like... Uh, I know they... Yeah, they crawled through all the yeah, strikers. Yeah, but there was and, this kind of—I don't know if he was a scouser because there was quite a few scousers up there. At Andy time. Mangan, yes, yes, yeah, Mangan. <laughs> but that, that's the four strikers they yeah, had. Do you know what? Yeah. And they were very, very good for that level. I was good. just like, so what? The, yeah, and it was a nice, it was a nice so Mickey's, pitch to play Mickey's on. Mickey's tactical change was to say to Vardy that he had the free role to go either side of Seddon or Mangan or Vieira, yeah, whoever's yeah, yeah, going yeah, yeah. through the middle, and he just gave him the free role, and he was ripping teams apart because oh, they really could was. not track him side to side. They tracked him down the middle, they couldn't track him side to side. And, and you couldn't catch him. Once yeah. he's over the top, you're done. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, he, he, the rest is history. Mangan like, scored 24 and 53. He was, but Mangan, like, Mang, the problem was you had the, both of them just ripping you apart. I mean, they were, they were a good side anyway, but I'd love, I'd love to see what happened if he did come Stockport because yeah. we used to play our games on a Saturday after Sale had played rugby on them on a Friday. <laughs> oh my God. So it was literally like kind of, it was like playing yeah. football with Toblerones I mean, on your feet. Mangan, <laughs> has just, Mangan has just gone up with Tramir at the weekend. Yeah. How is and, he? Uh, well, he's on loan at, is it and something that does need mentioning because he never gets a mention other than people taking the piss on social media is Steve McNulty has just won his third promotion from the conference this that, The big centre half. Yeah, he, I mean, obviously, he's a big centre half and people like the pictures of him and saying it's like pub time no he scores great goals he's really good on the ball it's a bit bit like the Andy Carroll situation where people think he's a donkey but actually if you watch Andy Carroll he's a footballer in a fat suit doesn't he yeah but Steve McNulty absolutely solid at the weekend yep. solid performance so it's like John Parkin and, uh, one of the bad words said against, yeah. against him yeah, uh, yeah it's it. well, promotion a couple other interesting ones particularly looking forward to the World Cup I mean Raheem Sterling chipped him at 18 goals from out wide I mean that's two more than Lukaku and then he had 11 assists as well Mosala's 10 assists I mean Harry Kane scored 30 but had two assists so just in terms of his contribution in the league you know and I know it is a kind of I keep saying a recency bias because I did think Kevin De Bruyne um, you know if the season was flipped on its head we'd just be absolutely waxing lyrical about him but you know Mo has been irresistible and he cleaned up at all the awards yeah no I mean as I think I alluded to earlier I voted for Kevin De Bruyne um, for for football of the year I have in the past voted for Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank though so I'm not sure that that's that's, uh, that's that's worth much my, my vote but I know I mean the football of the year award is a strange is that your football writers was that football the, writers how yes. does that how does that work because I only know from the PFA's yes. view but how does the football writers how do you, do you just get do you get an email do you oh get you physical? just get an email with a code and you vote uh, by May the first and I always leave it as late as possible. And so I voted for about the last 20 years now. But, um, yeah, normally association gets it right. But but oh, Scott Parker, I think, 2010. That, that's just... Right, I was I at look the, back at... That's Scott Parker in a really bad West Ham side I was that li- finished, like, 16th. That is that is the anomaly. Sam, you look that's back That's the weirdest go, thing. The seat I was sat in, as these two guys were taking the piss out of me, because I always seem to be sat at the back or whatever. That room, I was in the middle of the room this yeah. time, all right? The well, room just went the wrong way. You're below the Scott Parker. <laughs> I was below the Scott Parker. They've got a banner of everyone that's won it, and it was like Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Henri, Henri, Shearer. And then it went Scott Parker. And I was like... Is that because is that because it's in London? Is that because the guy I, I, is a West Ham fan? I, I was like going, no. what season well, two, was that? I, I immediately wanted to look at what two, happened. There's two years that are, are ridiculous. That one, and then 1999 as a United Who's fan, that? United swept the treble, treble, greatest you know season ever. David Ginola, <laughs> David Ginola, because United. The romance. But li- well, I literally the came late in every competition. They split that year, the they it? split the vote. They, it, it was Yapstam, yeah. Roy Keane, Ryan Giggs, and David Beckham all got twenty percent or nineteen percent, oh, and and, God, and, and yeah. Ginola got like twenty one percent. They split the vote. Gosh, like the Lib Dems, like the Ferguson. bloody Lib Dems. It was at, it was at a time I was I was. Um, Working for for the Manchester United um, magazine, and I'm, Ferguson was who could be quite petty, but that was why he was driven. He was furious, and he refused to did go you, to it for several. Did years you after. ever do? Did you ever speak to Ferguson at that time? Did you? I did. Yeah, yeah, that summer. That summer, I interviewed him. Summer of 1999. Um, 
And I thought, I mean, I was in my 20s and obviously you were a bit nervous. Yeah. And um, it was at the cliff. There was no one there. They hadn't reported back for pre-season training. They'd won the Champions League, the Premier League, the FA Cup, and he'd just been made a knight. I thought, I'm sorted. <laughs> this oh, is wow. going to be the best interview ever. <laughs> no. He was, he, after my interview, he went to Old Trafford to the press conference to, to announce that United wouldn't be playing in the FA Cup that season, the following season. So, or Club World Cup. The yeah. playing to, to, so, because they, they, they didn't play in the FA Cup, they played in the Club World Cup in mm. Brazil. Um, and and bizarre. so That's so, like so a, I was just, and so like I had about half an hour with him, which I you know I'm, I'm half an eternally hour grateful. Fixed. Imagine that one on one, two great football minds meeting. <laughs> do, you, and, so, uh, do you remember what? what sorry to interrupt. No, but do you remember on. what happened? Because the FA definitely moved the third round to November, mm. but that was to appease United, and United still said they weren't going to play. Was that right? Or I don't. No, I don't think it. Way? No, I think it still was. It, it still was in January. Um, but one and, of the years it was definitely and they, November they because said they would have allowed them to play a youth team, yeah. and he just thought that would. You no, know, it was. Um, it, he he was at, he was furious about it, and that was playing on his mind. And so I, you know, I just thought greatest summer ever, and and, and like, but he'd moved on already. They yeah, were one yeah, next season. And I love that. And and, and that I, makes you know, it... I wanted let's bask, let's talk about it. Memories. What a great season! That and he was makes... already like no. And he was furious, and he, and he went, to, yeah, went to Old Trafford, sat next to, I think Martin Edwards or David yeah. Gill, and and, and uh, yeah, but no, I, uh, that was uh, oh god, nineteen years ago. But that's lovely. Uh, that, there's there's a niceness about that. I do the, the awards at the end of the season are quite interesting, particularly when no one really. I, well, I've certainly not seen it. You know, the players' player of the year or the club players of the year for like Bournemouth or Huddersfield mm. or kind of the guys that have actually kept these teams in the Premier yeah. League and they're the oh, ones sure. you get to see well that's the thing I think um, Bournemouth have a stab who do you think might have got Bournemouth player player of the year players player of the year yeah go for, let's go for players player I've got I've got that written down in front of me Bournemouth players player of the year yeah. Charlie if any, Daniel if anyone nope if anyone can get this then no I'll get him another beer <laughs> well, <laughs> no idea. I know it's not it's not easy is it one of the strikers uh, Huddersfield as well if you get King in, is it uh, Adrian Moy uh, no, no. Lossell no, so it's got no, but this is this is great radio or podcasting. <laughs> but just the interesting thing is the interest drop off because I was going. You know what? Like Newcastle, uh, who do you think Newcastle would might be easier because it's a little bit more shelvish. No, that's recent. In that, but think who's at the back for them that's done a good job that's been getting. Who's at the back? Lascelles, you know, is it Lascelles? Oh, is that how you pronounce it? Lascelles. So he, you got that. Uh, Bournemouth, Nathan Aki at Bournemouth. Oh, you, okay. I mean, but this is the thing. Like, you only have, you have yeah. to go and watch these guys week in, week out. You watch them line up and you say, I might have a look at this shape, but I might not pick out individual names. See, well, it's funny you should say that because uh, I don't know if any of you have got round to watching the 89 film, the Arsenal film. This is relevant, by the way. Yeah. No, no, that's uh, fine. George Graham gives interviews about how he used to scout players. And he used to do used to go and at least watch three times anyone that had been named by their peers within their team wow. as player, oh, wow. player's yeah, player. That's really so good. Nigel Winterburn was player's player at Wimbledon. Yes. Uh, Lee Dixon at Stoke. So I I think at least four, four or five of the signings that George Graham made we're, that we're made us a, that? a, a great club. Which probably it was actually player's player. Which probably explains why the fact that Grimsby have failed to retain the Players' Player of the Year for the last four years. Last year, get puts. Last year it was Danny Andrew went to Doncaster. Season four that was Porrick Hammond who what, they went what off. What about your man? What about uh, centre half? Nielsen is Nielsen? Nielsen? Who's the one that went to Wrexham and he got Player of the Year there? Pearson. Pearson. Yeah. Did he get Player of the Year? He, won, he no, must he have won one of the awards. He, he won, he won, back he, to he back. won a fair few, but yeah. And then this year we've got James McEwen who's won the the, the, the players. Yeah, and uh, you've been doing a McEwen, an absolute. Uh, yeah. You've done him a. But you've got him in your co- I well, hope you've got well, a cut of that contract we're still waiting to hear what's happening and I'm very nervous about it well let's hope James we can get sorted out soon but uh, having uh, knowing the contract negotiation uh, routine at Grimsby it's uh, <laughs> it was always interesting I know what the <laughs> negotiations are and it makes me angry let's don't they on. use your pen <laughs> <laughs> they do because Grimsby were signing people with a Big biro, and I was like, What is going on? <laughs> well, so I went to Waterstones at Piccadilly, <laughs> bought him a 30 quid nice pen. 30 sent- quid? Fuck, oh, someone's good, doing all right. Yeah, it's been a good <laughs> few years. Yeah. Someone's doing, getting that sweet sky money. And uh, so I sent it to them and going, Look, you is know, there a pen that's worth it? <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, don't, honestly. Yeah. And I just said, correct. look, you know, so it was a little bit of a social media thing, which is quite good. But then when players sign, they sign with my pen. Well, That's thanks. wonderful. Right. Well, let's let's take a quick snapshot of next season. I think an interesting thing is that, uh, well, let's go by the Ferguson analogy. Everything moves on so quickly. The, one, the ambitious ones, how... How are teams going to reshape and rebuild and compete with City? Because we haven't even touched upon 100 points out of 115. It's pretty disgusting. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an incredible achievement. So Sam, next season, who do you think can compete and what, what will they have to do? Well, you, you never... I mean, if you, th- I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it could possibly be as much as 50-point swing between Chelsea and Manchester City from last year. Yeah. I think City finished 20 points behind That's insane. Chelsea. And now Chelsea finished about 30. I mean, 50 points. So you don't... I mean, no one would have seen Chelsea's demise. You don't know. You don't know. I mean, the easy thing is to go, oh, City are great and they're going to they're gonna push on. You would um, you would expect... You know, Conte won the, 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 the league in his first year. Chelsea could bring in someone. Off they go again. You think Mourinho has to kick in on his third season I think you know I think this is the season yep. he has to prove he's got the players he's got the backing um, do you think he's got the players or I mean is I it going to so. yeah. the Ferguson clear out you know the famous he's like these guys aren't good enough let's get them no 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 I think he's got the pl- I mean you know look I think he's definitely got the players probably another centre back you said about Martial but then Martial turns up on Saturday and then or Sunday turns up at like 12 o'clock and then at 1 o'clock he's in his car and he's driving off so I, 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 I'm just a bit I think that's an end of the se- it's an end of the season thing that Mourinho maybe is making a point and he's making because he he's very good at doing that I think he undermines his players but perhaps he's one of the only managers that actually does that treats them with contempt because these guys do have the privilege that yeah. no other p- players of their generations was, ever have no we're talking about, wasn't there a, I think there was a I caught a flash on Sky today or something Poch- a Chelsea Sniffing around Pochettino. Yeah, I think so, that's that's got to be that's Pochettino's a link oh, really? to try and get, get because he, he, yeah. gave, he gave Daniel Levy an, an ultimatum yesterday, basically saying that they had to spend money at the next level, and he's set that level. He's going to go to him with it, and if they don't match it, he'll be you know disappointed about mm-hmm. it. But maybe that's his extra. Well, kick. Well, well, but it's what he said. He said whether it's me or whether it's someone else that does yeah. that. So he kind of put it out there. Went you know. With, yeah. uh, but also Pochettino wouldn't want to go. To, sorry, wouldn't want to go to Chelsea because Chelsea have a two-year turnover of managers yeah. and Pochettino is very much a better club. I just realised moving back to the new. And improve White Hart Lane. No manager's going to. Well, that's, that's Champions be League. That's going to be late. Champions League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think they're going to get I back. Think in by there. the end of this week, we'll find out that there'll be at least three games at Wembley and maybe more. Mm. But um, touching back on whether yep. City can retain it, they'll be aiming to do that as the first Premier League champions champions in ten years to actually retain. It's very hard ten to retain. Years. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. United obviously went on that three. Um, nine. Three titles, yeah. winning streak, just after Chelsea had gone on a two-title winning streak, uh, 04 to 06. Since then, the, t- the champions have changed every season. And, I th- and someone was talking about the mentality of players. It was more to do with the way Chelsea dropped away that season where they finished around 10th. And just <laughs> saying that it's almost like players ease off because they've done it and they don't actually then compete again. They always need a new challenge. The modern player, because the, the attention span of a modern player. So... I think City are good enough to cope mm. with that attention span drifting well, if, yeah. a little bit because they've well, got such a cushion. Imagine the, the psychology of that is fascinating as well, isn't it? The fact that United, you look at the guys that just the desire to win, perhaps coming from Ferguson after what we spoke about, perhaps the trickle down effect of never being content, never go. Yeah. You deserve that getting your holidays. The ones that go right, what can we build? What yeah. can we make better? And right. the fact that schools and guys like that chuck away, it's like medals are irrelevant. I know what I've won. You know, I've been there and I did it. Apparently yeah. when Man City won the league, um, apparently the Man City player said their training session the next day was the hardest they've ever had. <laughs> all right. I love that. It was just, they were just in. Because they're all hammered. Because they're no, all hungover. No, 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 apparently they're in. Like, it was harder than pre-season. Um, I, uh, you, uh, do you want me to do it? Yeah, uh, I think the Man City will walk away with it. They'll spare, they've got uh, unlimited budget. Everyone wants to play for Pep Guardiola at the moment. I think he's the greatest coach in the world. Um, no club will get near them next season. That's, and that's, every single football fan that supports a team that is seconds to eighth will implode. That sounds like an essay. Uh, that sounds like an essay rise, question. There, but there'll be, a, there'll be a rise in therapy in the UK. <laughs> so that's, well, that's, that's thanks awesome. for that, Lloyd. I, um, 
I think it'd be a case of the fact that United have the money to compete in terms of the market if he gets his act together and builds players like you know the scorn that was pulled on poured on Pep buying fullbacks the fact that fullbacks yeah. will probably be top of the market for you know you look at some of the players that are out there I, I, that Dominic Diamond do you remember Games Master yes His, he tweeted he was like going uh, you know uh, as Scotsman appealed to God and said you know um we just want one world class, class player and God was like you can have two but they're both left back yes, you know that. and it's that just so apt that yeah. we've got Kieran Tierney and Robertson and you know I'd love to see Tierney play south because yeah. to be honest there's nothing left for him to achieve at, uh, at Celtic but he'd be a phenomenal signing for you know Spurs perhaps I know mm. there's talk of him but United I mean United is a lovely fit and you know Scotsman yeah. going there as well so be interesting to see um and so, Alan, I'd, I'd love to finish on uh, Bromley Boys. Uh, so, what's the what is the kind of what's been the development of that and your involvement? Well, cut a long story short. About six years ago, somebody commissioned the book. The book is a long-standing uh, favourite from non-league fans. It's been going around for a while. It's by Dave Roberts, but it is essentially just his journal of a football season, which happens to be Bromley's worst ever season. So it did have a lot of heat, and the film company commissioned it. It got turned into a script. The first script wasn't very good. Don't know who that writer was, but no offence. The <laughs> second time it got given to a script writer, he actually changed it. So kept the first chapter of the book, kept the name of the protagonist and all the results from the game, but actually turned it to a romantic comedy. And that actually got a lot of heat. And after that, they signed loads of great actors and actresses to appear in it. Martin McCutcheon's in it, Alan Davis, uh, Brenna O'Connor from Game of Thrones, Jamie Foreman, who my scenes are with. And I was lucky enough to be at the read-through and got given a part at the read-through just to pass the time. But the casting director came over and said, do you know what, you gave those lines as good as we want them. Why don't you come and do them actually on the set? And did you so, enjoy it? Do you know what? I didn't. <laughs> I, I loved being around the people and uh, everything else, but I love the job that I do currently. And sitting around in a trailer just wasn't for me. <laughs> uh, it was sitting around in a trailer for like eight hours, bit of makeup on, go out for two, three minutes, and that's it. Whereas I'm used to sort of being involved oh, in yeah. things a bit longer. I so. love that. You where love can, that? Where, oh, where yeah. can we see it? Just, just, right to, just to finish on that, well, where can we in see In cinemas it? from June 1st. If it's not in your local cinema ask them about it because it's the kind of film that is being shown plenty of places and the more heat behind it and honestly it is a good film I'm not just saying that I drove I down the M4 sort of, and there was a huge uh, huge poster yeah there's yeah, lots yeah. of there's Love lots of it. posters things around London which is great I'm not on any of them and as I say it's a romantic <laughs> comedy and my three scenes have no romance or comedy in them Wow. Well, listen, we'll link it to the, uh, uh, the, the Twitter account. That, we'll, link, we'll link it to it. Uh, Sam, we ch- ch- touched on really quickly about the, the World Cup coming up, so football fatigue goes out the window. Uh, have you, what are you up to? You, uh, is there anything planned? I can't compete, compete with Alan. Hollywood blockbuster. <laughs> I know. He's in Hollywood blockbuster. Uh, we should have finished on him. What are you doing? Mm, I'm not, not in showbiz. I don't no, know that. I haven't much. done any movies lately or any romantic comedies. <laughs> and so, uh, but, you but know, you're, I'm you're, looking for my big break. Well, you're De Bruyne a piece, I'm going to link you De Bruyne a piece no, to this. So we can. There's no romance. Romance in it. So, <laughs> well, the film isn't going to be available. We can just link the the, the Twitter handle. Um, are, are you doing anything over the World Cup? Or are you just going to enjoy it from uh, the South London, South East London? I am. I'm, I'm not going to 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 uh, to Russia. That doesn't sound much fun. Not but a no, bad choice, though. No, I've, I've got. I'm doing lots of columns and lots of work ar- around it. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I hope it kicks in the excitement because um, it, it's 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 not really caught caught. Fire, yeah, has it? The, not yet, the, but I mean, the, the World Cup. We've got Normally, there's a big build up and there's excitement, but hasn't been that really. There, Am is, I wrong? I don't know. Is anyone? No, thinking? no, you're no, right. I think no one's thinking about the, it. The, the, yeah, I think it's the lowest attention year we've, mm. we've had going into the World Cup. Can we see your writing? Any? Is there anywhere you, that we you can talk about where, where we'll find your writing? I'll, I'll link your Twitter handle to this uh, podcast so people can well, find you. Well, I did. I did an Australian double last week. Went down to Brighton and interviewed Matt Ryan. Mm. Great goalie, good, yeah, great good, keeper, good keeper. Yeah. About his um, not making it at Valencia, but coming to Brighton, and then uh, I did the Aussie double. Then the next day, I was at QPR with uh, Massimo nice. Luongo, great, fine lovely gentleman. fella, really nice fella, and um, yeah, his his story about going to the World Cup too. So yeah, um, he's but, got yeah. a great backstory, isn't he? As well, great yes. guy. Great yeah, guy, nice guy. No, so I'd, I'd love to see those interviews. Will, will, will Matty start in the World Cup? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's great. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Lloyd, uh, can we yeah. finish? You, you're the busiest man in showbiz, as far as I know. The busiest man I know in showbiz, anyway, between playing football matches, hosting on Saturday, Anfield last night, yeah. Are you giving yourself a break? Are we, are we ramping I'm going, up I'm, I'm going away for two weeks before the World Cup. I'm going to America with my girlfriend. Beautiful. And uh, I'm going to have a very nice time indeed. Um, San Francisco, um, Yosemite, Big Sur, Santa Barbara, and then LA. Well, we'll be able to follow your Instagram Amazing. stories on that. Yeah, follow me Instagram stories, guys. You'll honestly want to want to follow me Potion. straight away. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if we're plugging stuff, I have a podcast with David Priest. It's called The Number One yeah, uh, no, Podcast. I, I, yeah, link that as well. It's been doing very well. Lots, lots of nice It's not reviews, one of our podcasts, though. So okay, well, um, whatever. He's only mentioned it twice. No, but it is an interesting one, particularly from a because goalkeeper's basically we perspective. Just, we just basically focus on uh, what happens in the box, so we just talk about goalkeepers, the things, the, the good things, the bad things, the ins and outs. There's been a lot of talking points with various goalkeepers. Um, so there's a, we've got about 10 episodes out there already. Um, so, yeah, have a little listen. Yeah, and I can attest that, you know, not just yourself, but Priest is very listenable and readable. He's got a individual. great voice, hasn't he? He has. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's quite a charismatic man. I, I do enjoy spending time with him. He's always uh, so well dressed as well. Sartorial. Are you taking the mickey at me there then? <laughs> I thought you were going to go. I always like spending time. That's with him, more about it? your insecurities okay, than, than mine. Anyway, that was the whistleblowers. That was the whistleblowers for seventeen eighteen. See you back next season. This is a playback media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others, and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.